in a grocery store and everything, it's easier for them to read it rather than have to get their ear up to the thing. And that's all. Uh, okay, that's- we're, uh, we're, we're, this uh, meeting is being live streamed, everyone. I just want you to know in case. And uh, do we have our, uh, and it's being recorded. Is everyone's uh, original sound? Original Where should be original sound? There you go. Uh, and uh, Freddie, I've got your uh, level where it's supposed to be today. Yeah, but as far as uh, translator things, would there not be like an app where where uh, it's like a UN translator? So you you're wearing it in your ear, and then you can hear it translate real time what's being said. Or is that not out there yet? It's not quite there. Uh, I don't know, but that would be great. <clears throat> that would be great. Yeah, but, you know, that would be a lot like Ozempic. It would be like cheating. You know what I mean? It's um. You wouldn't forward your Spanish acumen anymore if you had something like that. Perhaps. But if you're here for a vacation for seven days and you, you're not really looking to learn Spanish, the Dan Duran solution of... Uh, and I mean, I, I mean, that would be cool, Dan. Like having it in your ear and all you have to do is, you know, hear the person... Like put the person pers- person's mouth up to your recorder, and you just understand instantly what they're saying. Well, you should uh, get that equipment from the UN because you know they're pretty much useless. <laughs> they're not doing it. UN's useless. They're not really putting it to good use, as Lumby said yesterday, and I wholeheartedly agree. Just a bunch of dunderheads sitting around expensive hotels and the finest restaurants for what but anyway that i digress so you're, you're, you're saying, issue, wait a second so your issue with them is that they're staying in too nice a hotels well I, i'm just saying you know <laughs> it's money spent and it's a sort of a a, a stature thing and they don't deliver they're useless. Oh, I, I wholeheartedly agree too. But my issue isn't that they're staying and they're eating by, at Ruth's Chris. <laughs> I can just see them all sitting in you know the the best restaurants in New York City yeah. at night, talking about this, talking about that, and <laughs> trying to figure out how they're going to fucking avoid the next decision and. Yeah, you know, how, yeah, how, yeah. How, how all the decent countries on earth are bad and all the bad ones need an excuse and and then know. and then somebody and what some countries covering those expenses mm. do you, what do you think you should just be uh giving up and throw it out or try again or something i don't know it's just well no it's not about dan it's not about solutions it's about <laughs> it's never complaint. about solutions how dare this you this is dumb yeah how dare you uh well i don't know the united, the united nations has let me down the last uh month or so uh but prior to that i don't really know that i could name any u.n decisions that i would go, oh, well, they're useless, but they've certainly been useless the last month. The fact that they can't even open their collective mouths and condemn a, a terrorist attack. And, and by the way, even calling it a terrorist attack in the last month now mm-hmm. seems like, oh, don't call it that. It's an yeah. uprising from a, a beleaguered people. And the problem with the United Nations as well, you know, a lot of the seedier countries get people to sit on you know, sit, have a chair or have a position or whatever. And, you know, they throw a wrench into a lot of things. And it, a lot of their decision-making power is powerless, yeah. so to speak. So they may make some kind of declaration, but China or India or whatever might look and go, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, right. We're, <laughs> That's right. We're not that. doing that. Yeah. So well, 
Well, well, well. You know what? There's, there, you never know when you tune into the Humble and Friend show who is going to be the target of another Humble and Friend investigation. <laughs> Don't get me going on the Leafs. <laughs> Did they lose? I can't. No, come on. The Leafs. Come, a, let's just leave that. Out of, let's leave that out of the discussion because there are so many more important things than another Leafs spiral. Oh, I wholeheartedly agree. They're not yeah. worth. Uh, they're not worth uh, the effort. Really. How about the fact that Sports uh, fan, what did they did lose yesterday? They just lose, Dan. Okay, so there was not a yesterday loss. Well, they have a core of really good players, and then since they've got those players, have never been able to create a team around them. Right, and they've just literally regressed. And this year, it's just it's horrific. Yeah, so much going on. So much for not getting you started. (laughs) (laughs) It's a regressive team. Got it. But they did like not they play did. last night then. I'm oh, yes, sorry. they did. They this is why he's night. aggravated. because they And I did not watch a minute of the game. But they lost. I did. Not one minute. No. Okay. Not one minute. Ask my wife. I sat with her and watched. Well, wake her up. Let's ask her. <laughs> wake her up. I, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you one more time before I, I will leave it alone. But uh, okay. I finished up Jury Duty. Eight episodes in two days on Prime Video. And I got to tell you, one of the most unique television programs, I won't say reality TV, and it's not a comedy, but it is a comedy, and it's not a sitcom. And I found out at the end, it was from the producers of The Office, and it's shot office style. Mm. But the premise of it, Dan, I don't know, Freddie, you'll get to it at some point, but Dan, wherever you are in your viewing you know, timeline right now, Right. You just dig it because it's such a it's such a kooky premise. Uh, I think. Did you hear me talking about it the other day? One of our yeah, no, yeah. We were, yesterday we're talking so, about yeah, so James, the, the, James Marsden is the the kind of yeah, star yeah, yeah, the star, right? Movie. Okay, so but but in the end, when it's all revealed and the guy doesn't didn't know it, see, they 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 cast him saying this was a documentary about goings on of a jury during a trial. So he understood why he was being filmed constantly, but there was so much. So much other stuff going on. The fact that they're all actors, etc. But it was really well done. And uh, Dan uh, or Fred, I just think, uh, and, I, and I'm sorry, whoever uh, recommended to that that to us a couple of days ago. I've now probably lost your email, but uh, Nancy McLeod, yeah, she just sent the, something in this morning saying, "Glad to hear your review of Jury Duty." Would it fall into the farce category? Farcical. Because I'm not big on farce. No, it's not farcical. Not at all, okay. actually. If you unscripted, like it, it's, it's got it's well, it's scripted, unscripted because it's it's like the vibe of the office. But it turns out a lot of everything that happened during it was scripted in that in that the producers got like some of the stuff that the other jurors came up with was just so funny and absurd. But it was also knowing the audience, us knows that that guy doesn't know all of this is being done around him on purpose. But the in the the thing is is in the end it's just the this guy was so nice the guy that didn't know the the non actor in it was just such a decent guy and that's what you sort of learn throughout this eight episodes is that you know his human his humanity and that he had empathy for everyone else and that you know he really was trying to do the right thing and anyway I think you guys would enjoy it and it's a nice uh, palate cleanser if you will from all the you know, terrible, terrible things that are going on in the world. 
So, spoiler alert, he finds out in the end that it was an act? Well, of course, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's not really spoiling it. I mean, you would imagine at some point. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> you know that's right. Spoiler alert, Dan. <clears throat> Jesus is not real. Over the last few years, on the recommendation of my brother-in-law, Clyde, and his wife, Imelda, who is British ancestry, mm-hmm. on there, um, they put us onto these British uh, shows. And, you know, British shows can be really good. And a, and a lot of them, most of them are, are crime. Have you ever noticed that? A lot of the British shows. Yeah, are, I like their crime shows. Yeah, they're like crime it. shows. And they're very well done. But they they have like, and I can't name them. There's about half a dozen actors that are in all of them. Mm. It's just bizarre. We started watching this one last night called Unforgot. It's about cold cases and everything. And again, right out of the gate, very interesting. But the woman who stars in it, and I forget her today. I should have done my research. Mm-hmm. Um, like she's been in a half a dozen things I've watched over the last couple of years. So it's like hiring the same per almost a bit like, you know, in Canada where you see a lot of the same people in Canadian production. Do you think it's like, like an ensemble? Like they are like they're obviously they're doing it on purpose. It's not like, Oh, you again. But I mean, is it like a, like, is it like a, on like a cast of people that just go from these shows to the next ones? Uh, maybe, but this one woman, it's like she pops up on the show as the main character, and it's like, well, wait a minute. You were the woman from Last Tango in Halifax. You're not a cop. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on now. Um, I'll tell you what, Dan, before, anyway. we, before we start the show, how about we start, you know, unorthodoxly, but it makes sense on a email Hi guys. Thursday Hi guys. to Hi actually guys. read the email. That Fred's referring to, she says, hi, guys, from Nancy McLeod Elder. So glad you're enjoying it. Can't wait to hear from Fred and Dan. I wasn't surprised at all that you started off watching five episodes. It's captivating and definitely odd and interesting. But here's the part, Dan. Here's the part that you'll love. She says, you fellows have the best podcast, best guests, features. It's so informative and entertaining. And she signs it off. Cheers. And that's where we'll begin. No, that's how this we episode. So, was the, I had everything going right until I played the ending theme. And very, that's very smooth, very dramatic. And that's yeah. where we'll begin. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our mobile state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studios in Porto Aventuras, Mexico, from our well-equipped basement facility in Brampton, with a tablecloth that's brand new, and from a street-side porch in Stratford, and is brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, and Palma Pasta, along with returning sponsors Bodog and Kelsey's. And now, here are two men who dealt with the freezing rain yesterday by pouting, or just not being here, it's Humble (laughs) and Fred. That's very funny. Yes. There was uh, freezing rain, and I feel bad for you. How long did it last? Uh, All day here. Yeah, it was weird. It, uh, yeah. It was more ice pellets here. <laughs> it coated the coated the uh, the car windshields and stuff. Mm. It's great. It's gonna be dangerous. Very dangerous. I'm, I'm really turning into my dad. I remember whenever we would have weather, the phone would ring and it'd be my dad. He'd want to review the weather and okay, you guys okay and everybody's home safe and how bad was it there? I used to hang up and think that's sweet. I mean, that call really wasn't necessary, but it's sweet. 
And then last night, about 4.30, quarter to five, I'm thinking of May coming home on the bus and John coming home on the bus with the ice and Melanie coming back from her job. So, of course, Dad had to phone to make sure everything was all right. What was the uh, freezing rain like in mm-hmm. your area? What was, uh, did everything turn Is out Is everyone to- home safe? <laughs> did everything turn out to be okay? Oh, yes. God, thank God. Yeah. Thank and then, of course, you know, the younger generation, Melanie, matter of fact, yeah, it was no big deal. You know, yeah, there was some ice, but the roads were fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're, meanwhile, you're like not leaving the house. It's true. That's good. Well, I'm glad everyone and, was And Doll went out yesterday. She says, I want to go get some salmon. And I said, okay. And she said, I don't know what the freezing rain. Do you think I should go? And my response to her wasn't, I don't want you to get into an accident. It was, I don't want you to fall. Mm, that's right. Because <laughs> seriously, you know, she's pushing 70 and yep. some osteoporosis, um, you know, flags. And it's like, I don't want her to fall. I don't give a shit about the car. I don't want her to fall. I don't Isn't want that her interesting to fall. Because yeah. 30 years ago, I remember Dahl was driving to work and during an ice storm of some kind, I think, if I'm remembering this correctly, that she got into a bit of an accident uh, driving. I think you guys had a, a Volks. Now, what did you have? Did you have a Volkswagen at some point? Yeah, the Tiguan. No, no, this was before the Tiguan. This was when she, we, we were all younger, and she was driving uh, like an S40 or something. And she banged okay, into... Okay, yeah, she banged that was a into, Volvo. Volvo, that's right. She banged into the guardrail. At oh, that, right. at that yes. time, you were more concerned about the car, but now you're now you're concerned with her, you know, cracking a hip. Yeah, you've always got to remember in those situations to say the first thing: Are you okay? Right? Even though you might be thinking, "Holy fucking shit!" <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's like, are you okay? Are you all right? Are you all right? Yeah. Let's rehearse now, everybody. Because right. you don't want to. Here's a scenario. What's the answer? <laughs> That's right. You don't want to George Costanza your fucking response. You don't want to be like, how's the car? I mean, mm-hmm. are you all right? <laughs> <laughs> is everything okay? I mean, fine. Are you good? Anyway, uh, this is our email uh, Thursday. We'll get to some of those. Of course, there's lots of other stuff going on in the world. Um. We could uh, we could talk about anything to do with Trump, Hamas, and all this stuff. But I thought I would uh, just throw something at you guys. It's a little bit more of Canadiana, a little lighter to start a Thursday. There's an article called uh, "Must Try Canadian Foods by Province," and I don't. I know you guys. I know you guys aren't big on quizzes, but if I, I'm, I'm just going to throw out the province, and I want you to maybe guess if you can what the must-try food from that province, according to this article. Not according to science. This isn't... No, this isn't an official poll. I'll just... well-researched or anything. It's just according to this article in a food... Do we get 10 points? (laughs) I'll give you fucking 10 points. It's just... Yeah, 10 points for each right answer, except uh, Dan gets 20 because he gets a multiplier. There's a multiplier. Um, So... If I say British Columbia, what must-try food comes to mind? I would say salmon. Dan? I would, too. I would say salmon or smoked salmon. You know what, fellas? You're off to a rocky start. Okay. This is from uh, the Food Network, and according to them, Nanaimo bars. Oh, I was, it was a follow-up. I was going to... Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's not really the Hey, food. don't argue. <laughs> this is not a debate. I'm just Nanaimo. giving you the information. That's not even food. That's just like junk. Okay. Well, okay. According is there to this, a salmon province, though? It's coming down. 
okay. the way, I do not like Nanaimo bars. Okay. It's too much. It is a bit sweet. Ugh. I don't uh, like a coconut. In. What about Alberta? If I say Alberta, Dan, Fred, what would you say? Come on. That's beef, Alberta beef. Yeah. You course. are correct. What no, you know what I was going to say? It's Nanaimo bars in every fucking promise. <laughs> Can I? This, yeah. yeah, this article was written by the Nanaimo bar people. Although I must say, like, Alberta beef, fine, whatever. But who is who's still buying beef? You know. Uh, when you see the price of it in the stores, you know, and I've said this many times, you know, the payoff isn't worth the price. Mm. It's, you know, there's a real tipping point there. And it's like, I don't even look at it anymore. I don't. I'm not. I'm not paying $30 for that hunk of meat and then be disappointed by it when I can get two nice pork chops and know all I Yes, them. yes, I guess. Okay, well, I so, just no, want to underline No, that. I do. Yeah, Stop I know you buying do. the beef okay, until so, it gets the... So, yeah. It's a yes. special occasion. So, yeah, it's so a special far, occasion So far thing. in this light little bit, we hate Manaimo <laughs> bars, and who's buying beef? <laughs> let's see. <laughs> let's see if we... <laughs> let's see That's what it has for if us. we can get a positive <laughs> response from all you right. on anything. How about right. this? I, now, I wouldn't. I'm from Saskatchewan. I never would have gotten this, but it makes sense. Uh, when I say Saskatchewan, what food mm-hmm. comes to mind? I'm, I'll give you a hint. It's also a dessert. Oh, oh I was really? going to say like bread because of the yeah, wheat. wheat. Yeah. Um, it's also a dessert. Saskatoon berry pie. Oh, oh. please. Yeah, Saskatoons are good. Did you hear that? Oh, please. Well, why don't they give us things we can relate to? See, here's to? the thing, Dan. Now the bid is going to be shit on every food <laughs> from every province. Okay. And this is Moving great. over to Winnipeg. Uh, uh, I, mean, I would uh, say Winnipeg Manitoba, is, rather. Dan, it's a First Nations food, so Fred will have to be careful. Uh, it's called Bannock. Uh, I've never had it, but I have heard of it and uh, don't know. Don't know much about it. This is Manitoba. That was Manitoba. And now we move on to our home province of Ontario. And again, this is not what I would have thought of. It is also a dessert. It's a dessert Uh, you usually have up at the mountains, you know, when you've been skiing. Butter tarts? Butter. Just butter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, you've been up skiing in the mountains, you have dessert. uh, Trail mix? Beaver tails. Oh, Oh, okay. okay. So why does that aggravate you? (laughs) No, because it's not, it's like, um, when you were talking about food, I thought you meant food, not like... Like beaver tails are again, it's just like more junk. Fred, I would like to remind you of what I read at the beginning. It's this isn't a scientific okay. study. I, I understand, but I was I thought it was going to be like interesting. Okay, well, things that you would order in a restaurant or something. Well, I'm going to be that, more like well, like maple syrup or something would be make more sense in this instance, wouldn't it? Where you you know, it's a Food Network article called okay. foods <laughs> you can love this food three 13 must try canadian foods by products right. okay. what about Co- right. quebec southern southern ontario i would say curry and now okay because uh, curry can ruin you you know you get a, you know you turn on to curry and it's like everything else pales as far as i'm concerned it's okay weird. uh in quebec uh, obviously this will be obvious you should try Maple syrup. Poutine. Oh, poutine. Okay. Uh, The rest are like things from Newfoundland, Labrador, PEI. New Brunswick 
was isn't what I what I would have known. I, I I would have said this at some other province, but they say oysters in New Brunswick. Ooh, now we're talking. Oh. Uh, there's yeah. a couple other foods I've never heard of in Newfoundland and Labrador. It's called a jigs dinner, which is uh, yeah I don't know. <laughs> so just let's leave that alone. Um, in PEI, it's called a make a go head, make a head goat cheese mashed potatoes, which sound delicious, but I've never. Oh heard yeah, of. no, see, that's what I like that kind of thing. So you hate Nanaimo bars and uh, Saskatoon? No, no. What I'm saying is, Howard, I thought. I didn't think this survey would be about desserts like that <laughs> anybody can make in 10 minutes. I thought it would be more like, oh, you take the mashed potatoes, you put the goat cheese in. That sure. Kind of thing. Uh, yeah. And finally, uh, if you're looking well, the for the Jigs General, I just looked it up because I wanted to know. Yeah. It's a, you know, a meal of a traditional Newfoundland meal of uh, corned beef, potatoes, vegetables and dumplings. Yeah, it was salted beef, thing. roast turkey. Um, it's, it's almost like a, a big uh, it's like a stew on a plate. Yeah. Okay. Uh, most would even recommend tacking on a side of pickled beets, stuffing, and buns. And uh, the last one, if, if you're funny, salmon wasn't mentioned anywhere, but trout was for uh, the Northwest Territories. Oh, no, I'm sorry. There's salmon. Nunavut would be, you want to try the salmon in Nunavut. What was PEI? Did I miss that? Uh, PEI was potato make a go make a head goat cheese mashed potatoes. Oh right, you said that. Okay, because excuse me, <laughs> because PEI is uh, famous for potatoes. Sure, makes sense. Well, I didn't mean to, 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 to in all this controversy about the foods of Canada. Um, speaking of Canada, a story this week that I saw, and I don't know, I just. I didn't feel motivated to jump into it. And then I'm talking to Mike Boone yesterday and he said, why haven't you guys talked about Buffy St. Marie? Oh, yeah. And this and the scam that she is. And I mean, that's quite a Canadian story. Or is it <laughs> where it turns out she's a white American, apparently? And she's been feeding off the whole indigenous uh, train here in Canada with music and awards and money and and it's been uncovered that she's a white American from Massachusetts or Rhode Island or something. So quite the controversy. Yeah, you know, it doesn't really light a super fire under me, but it yeah. is. It is an interesting story. Yeah. They're wasn't, calling, it, wasn't she raised as a, an indigenous person, though, in, in a family of? Maybe the, the, uh, the water maybe article here I'm looking at, Dan, and the okay. headline is... If I'm raised yeah. by a black family, does that make me a black guy? I thought you no. were. I actually thought you were. <laughs> um, what's the point of pretend Indian investigations is the uh, name of this. Uh, as long came, claimed she was born on the Piapot First Nation in Saskatchewan and mm. adopted by a white American family. The investigation from CBC convincingly concludes she was born in Massachusetts in Italian-American Indians. And as her career blossomed and then flourished through the 70s, went to great lengths to conceal these origins in order to become the world's one of the world's most famous, famous and beloved indigenous indigenous icons. Wow. Hmm. Yeah, it is. It's quite the story. I I find it a bit exhaustive. Um, from a standpoint, how much, you know, on the, how much do I care scale? What about you guys? Uh, I'd heard, you know, it's until just now, I, something, again, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world that I'm paying attention to. And this was sort Mm -hmm. of on the periphery. Well, that's it. The same here. Yes. But in terms of how much I could care about it, 
You know, I don't know. It says uh, in her early 20s, she was adopted by Emily Piapot and Clara Starblanket Piapot and has called them family ever since. I wonder if the Piapots, when they were in school as kids, people used to call them piss pot. <laughs> Maybe. You know how kids can be cruel. Hmm. <laughs> yeah okay maybe yeah, that's yes yeah maybe yeah maybe. that's that's the point of the story yes um i don't know you know it, it, as i said to boone it's almost like one of those canadian things for some reason when it's a canadian thing like that it's almost not sexy enough if this was some big american star it would be bigger news it would be more analyzed it would be more criticized I mean, she's a big enough star that everyone knows her name. She says oh, yeah. uh, her, her re, uh, he, she's refuted the reporting. All I can say is what I know to be true. I know who I love, and I know who loves me, and I know who claims me. It's kind of like how I walk around telling people I'm Tiger Woods' brother. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, exactly. That's how it, I, people I hey, listen, I know what I know, and I know I, who I love. <laughs> wow but yeah i don't know if it's a she's she's a maybe she's not a big she and she's a fairly well-known american is she buffy saint marie would have definitely been one of those people in the 60s and 70s that has an american uh audience of following was it didn't she uh wasn't she one of the performers at woodstock yeah maybe I'll look it up you know, I like the fact that you got angrier over Nanaimo bars than <laughs> fucking <laughs> get angry. Oh, you I was did. just surprised. Oh, you got angry. Um, and anyway, uh, that's that. That's those stories. Some Canadiana for you. Yeah. Uh, and what's to come of it? It's all a little too late now to even be concerned, isn't it? I guess she still even performs. She's just like an old woman, isn't she? It's all I, I think water she does. Under the bridge. As far as yeah, I think she still goes out in the world and performs. I think the people that enjoy her performance at eighty two wouldn't really care. And you know, I don't know who's harmed by her pretending to have been pie a pot all these mm-hmm. years. A yeah. um, couple quick things before we get to our emails. I mean, we could delve into some Trump stuff maybe at the end of the show, but and, and of course, there's another university protest where Jewish kids were attacked. You know, that's going to go on. Um, there was a story, because we've often talked about tipping on this program, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I spent a lot more time in the takeout world than maybe you two. And, and I, you know, but I think you guys have seen it where it used to be the, the sort of base tip was 10% and then it changed to yes. 15%. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now a, lo- a lot of those machines that you're handed don't even have, they, they start at 18% and then they go up to 20 and 25. Mm-hmm. Well, according to this poll, and again, this is a study done, Reported in uh, USA Today, Californians are the highest tippers in the U.S., and they average twenty-two point six point sorry twenty-two point six nine percent of the bill. Uh, the lowest wow. are in Illinois at fourteen point two two percent, but their national average, and I'm assuming it would be similar for us, is seventeen point nine four. So eighteen percent is now the sort of standard tip. And I, I would concur. I've seen that in my own life. As prices rise. 
to me it's outrageous recently um i've been to a couple of restaurants one in particular here in georgetown that has great liver and onions Ooh, shepherd's crook but i just look for the other button i look at uh, the price before tax and i go 15 percent on that it's all i'm gonna do sorry that's where i'm at what is uh how what motivates somebody to go to a restaurant and order liver and onions would be my question because I love liver and onions, but I've never, ever cooked it at home. I've always enjoyed it in restaurants. I've Conversely, always hated it. What, can you tell me what livers taste like? Give me, a, and I'm being serious. What does it taste like? Because it's been probably since my, when I was a kid in Moose Jaw that I've ever tried it. It tastes a bit gamey, and the texture is a bit... Is it chewy? Yeah. Overcooked, yes. But tender, yeah. Over, Yes. But with nice gravy on mashed potatoes with, uh, you know, sautéed onions, it's nice. I really enjoy it. But but I'm being serious. Does it taste like uh, uh, beef or does it taste like? No, something different. But it has a lot to do with spicing up, and uh, yeah. onions are uh, often associated with. Sure, uh, I know that's the standard dish. Like I tried, I tried whale when I was in Iceland. Yes, I did. Oh. I've told you that, and uh, you know, and they had these little mini whale steaks, and it tasted very much like steak. It tasted like a mammal's meat flesh. Right. Yeah, um, it might be the healthiest thing you can eat. Liver. Look it up. It's just full of vitamins and nutrients, and it's very, very healthy. Uh, probably the healthiest thing you can eat, because I'm talking beef liver mm-hmm. from a cow. Yeah, I just like it. And again, I wouldn't have it often, and I, I've never made it at home. It's yeah, just why, is that, like, when, why wouldn't you huh? make it at home? You guys are good cooks. I don't know. I've just never been inspired to do it. Howard, I can't answer that question, but Dan if I go in a restaurant, and it's often pubs and stuff, if yeah, I yeah. see the liver and onions, I'll, I'll order Dan, do you like uh, a nice liver with a side of fava beans? <laughs> I used to hate liver just like you, but my mother o- overcooked everything. Didn't matter what it was. It was always overcooked. Uh, and then uh, there was a, I had a phase there where I, li- I used to like liver. Mm. I would order mm. restaurants and I uh, would uh, make it at home once in a while. But it is, you, you got to really well watch it. It's just like uh, so many other things uh, that they're just, just, uh, just beyond the proper mm-hmm. cooking time. Then it turns into. Well, well I'm going to do this now that you, because I've been, I'm the next time that we're together and you guys are in a pub or something, or we're in a pub and you order it, I'm going to try it because it's literally not been since I left home where my parents forced me one time to eat liver. The thing is I love pate. So that's liver. Um, but I've never been able to get my head around that stinky looking thing. Anyway. Uh, so back. A- a- anyway, at the uh, Shepherd's Crook, as they call it, Georgetown, I mean, it's a nice pile of mashed potatoes and then they heap the liver on because I, it's on, it's cheap cut. No doubt about that. Sure. Yes, I know. That's why. I would no, no, um, that's not what I was going to say. But. You know, when I was in uh, Ireland, I, I was in Ireland three or four years ago. I was in a little pub and I ordered ox cheek. And I was saying it's, it just jumped out of the menu at me. And I thought that I got to try. I've never seen that was before. Never heard of it before. I had ox cheek. And it was somewhere in between beef and liver. Mm. Really enjoyed it. Because pork cheeks are very, very good. and uh, mm. And of course... You know, when you have sushi, sometimes they use the, the cheek of the uh, fish that's very tender. Um, mm-hmm. But I, uh, I, no, I was going to say, my, my, you know, again, in Toronto, 
I would say that, you know, most of the time I will start, I'll do the 18%. So I'm around average, not all the time for, for takeout food. I've, as I've said a million times, I can't get my head around me standing there at a takeout window and tipping you. Uh, what about you, Dandere? About what? Mm-hmm. He no. doesn't tip. He just he's, he's not even listening. Well, <laughs> no, no. I, I, I <laughs> Phil, what about me? Back? <laughs> Phil. No. Hey, Phil. My, my uh, what? <laughs> I, I mm, got a new rule. If I'm not sitting down in the coffee shop or whatever it is, I do yeah. not tip. I just mm-hmm. don't do that anymore. Okay. And, and I've learned on all how to do that fast on those machines because I'm always using the yeah. credit card. So what will your <laughs> average tip be? What's an average Dandoran tip? I'm around the 15, 15%. Never more. I don't really know. I don't feel, feel right. I mean, you see the 18s all the time. If I yeah. get great service, then I'll go for the 18. But I, 15 is where I sit usually. Here, here's something to think about. It was on the news last night. Yes, I watched the news. There's a lot of restaurants, I think up to 50% of them struggling in, a, in Toronto, don't know if they're going to make it. And I'm thinking this is a vicious circle because so menu prices are going up quite a bit, right? So if tip goes up too, not only am I giving more of a tip, I'm giving that 18% now on more. On a higher bill. On a higher cost. Yeah. Do you so, remember? But two days ago, I had that story. I told you that 51% right. of restaurants in the city are struggling. Right. Oh, okay. Maybe that's wrong. Sorry. That's yeah. where I heard it. Um, on this show, but forgot. Not really. No, I did. But, you know, <laughs> at, least, at least you knew what we're talking about. You're like, what? We, what? No. No, I think, you know, see, you're cutting edge because I, I, I did see it on the news last night, but you had it even before that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But just think about that. There's a lot of people. They're in that situation now and not of our age, younger, where it's like, we just can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. I'd love to go to a restaurant, but I'm not going to a restaurant having an average meal and spending 120, 130 bucks. I can't do it. So no wonder restaurants are struggling. I get it. So and why does the tip go up if the price on the menu is going up? Because if the price of the menu goes up, your tip is going up if it stays at 15 percent. The uh, in the story here, I didn't read the last line. It said the news comes amid talk of something called tip fatigue Mm -hmm. and tip fatigue, along with inflation, added fees and an expectation to tip uh, among tip across services contributing to it is actually contributing as this discussion has pointed out to a decline in tips overall because if the price of you know i I went out with my buddy fraser uh just before i left here it was his birthday so we went to a restaurant in the in the queen in the sherway there called um joey's it's pretty expensive just even for lunch it was pretty expensive like over a hundred dollars and I wanted to treat him because he took me out for my mm-hmm. birthday. By the time I had basically given the 18% tip and we'd had, he'd had a glass of wine. This was sort of a late lunch. And mm-hmm. it was like $130 mm-hmm. for lunch. And I, and I, again, I'm happy to do it for my buddy. But as I sort of was paying the bill, I'm like that, you know, I looked around, the place was packed. Mm-hmm. So everybody in there is made is fine with it. Ever, the entrees being twenty five bucks, and mm-hmm. if you have a little appetizer like we did, et cetera, et cetera. So that's uh, that's the uh, that's what they call it. That's what they call it. Tip fatigue. People are tired well, of it. Remember, a few weeks ago we had talked about tip fatigue, and Chef Michael Smith, I believe he's coming up in the show soon. Yes, and next the week. reason he because the reason he was in the news. Is because he was talking about tip fatigue, saying, you know, we got to 
we got a reset on this whole tip thing because generally it's hurting the industry. Yeah. Uh, so we'll hear what he has to say. Um, so what's, right. your, what's your thought, Fred? Do you, do you prefer uh, uh, a flat rate tip? Like uh, if you've got minimal service, it's uh, this, this thing. Or if you're there for a full meal, you, you'd pay like 10 bucks regardless of the actual price, that kind of thing. Is that what you're thinking? No, I do, I do 15% on the total before tax. Okay. You know what I like, Dan? Mm-hmm. If you're curious, like? I like I like a, a meal where the tip is included. I, I mean, whatever. I, mean, I don't want it to be 20%, but I, I mean, just give me the number and then don't make me figure it out. So, you know how some restaurants have a, a, a mm-hmm. tip based on the number of people in your party? And a lot of the downtown restaurants, when it gets... What's that face? No, I, no, I just... I, I never understood that one either, but go ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they do. I mean, it's part of it. It's, whether you do or not, it's like, I think the other night, so it was, it was a bunch of us went, went out for Charlie's birthday before I left. And it was a decent, expensive restaurant, but not, you know, over the top. And uh, when it came time to pay, she said, oh, no, the tip's been included. So I didn't have to go through the charade of not wanting. And I, and I, and I think, again, it was at 18%. And what's your problem well, with thing, that? Well, you go into a restaurant and, you know, there's six or eight people and you say, oh, could we do separate bills by couples? And when you get that pushback, oh, no, there's too many people. We don't do that. And then immediately in my head, well, those two people over there and those two people over there and those two people over yeah, yeah. there are getting. No, I see that. So, so like, like why? So immediately now I'm – and again, I don't want to overblow this, but you're a little unsettled. It's like, okay, I just sat down in a restaurant. Now, at the end of the night, we're going to have to figure this all <laughs> no. out. You know what I mean? Like, now the onus is on me. I'm the customer. Yeah. Give me a separate bill. But that wasn't what, that, that wasn't, yeah. we, we didn't ask for a separate bill. We were all going to, it was right. going to all be on one bill. I'm just saying the No, tip, I get that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, right. you're talking about a different situation. I don't like that mm-hmm. either because there's always mm-hmm. somebody at the table is like, well, I only had, like, I, I tell you what, it, here's the thing with me, because that happens to me all the time when people go, well, you don't need to pay as much because you didn't drink i'm like i'm not gonna fucking dicker with you over the my portion of the bottle of wine i'm just gonna split no. it yeah the least doesn't drink either i don't care about that aspect of it i don't care all i'm all, all i care about is like you know at the end of the night the, you know the bill's 400 bucks and then you know now it's like is one gonna person gonna pay or do you all throw your cards in and like uh, like isn't it easier for them to just Make a note of what you had and give you a bill for what you had. <laughs> the other night with uh, David and Ruth and two of their friends and me, we went out for dinner Sunday before they left to Australia. By the way, they're in Australia, which is crazy how that happens. You just fly halfway across the world. Um, I'll tell you quickly, just before I get to the end of the story, that David sent me some pictures of Melbourne, which is where they are, Melbourne. And it looks very much like Toronto with just a little different architecture. Like the skyline's very similar. Uh, anyway, we had dinner and I wanted to take them out as a treat to treat them for letting me stay at their place. And mm-hmm. there was some pushback about separate bills with the other couple. And I just said, you know what? I'll put it on my card. You give me cash. And that was simple. Very easy. Dan, what about you? In what way? <laughs> Just in any way that you want to form a sentence with your giant Bandaran brain. Here's what we were just talking about. <laughs> Here's what we were talking about. Here's what we were talking about while you were staring off into space. Um, <laughs> okay, you know what? It do- Here's the thing, Dan. We've got to actually move on now. 
Uh, But I will give to the last word about this whole conversation goes to Dan Duran. Well, I agree with all uh, the statements that you've been making. The tipping is getting out of hand. I would like, like it just to be... The tips included, or there's just no tipping anymore. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably the way, best way to go. And pay the restaurant workers, you know, a, a reasonable a wage. A living wage. A living wage. All right. And Thank you, Dan Duran. Done with it. That's very nice. Dan Duran's news. Uh, I would end it off by saying this. Of, of, of the three of us, Dan Duran definitely has the biggest tip. Oh, oh, there you go. You know, I thought of that a few minutes ago. And I thought, how are we going to get... I, I thought at some point, I'm like, how are, we, you, how are we not saying Dan Duran's tip in this? <laughs> I was too focused on the subject. Dan Duran's tip and his news will join us about a half hour from now for you podcast listeners. And uh, for you Facebook listeners, that'll be around 8.40 Eastern time. In the meantime, Fred will join us with this uh, information. Hey, uh, tonight, the Thursday night NFL game, it's the Bears and Panthers. How's that for a dog? I don't know. It seems Thursday nights have the shittiest games for whatever reason. Anyway, the Bears uh, favored by minus three. The over-under on that is 38.5 points. Uh, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry-leading odds, world-class sports book, and uh, feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book. They've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since way back in 1994. Ooh. You know, my, fa- my favorite part of that whole segment... Mm. <laughs> what do you when we asked him what he thought he's like about what no I know <laughs> this is the best he saw I, you know what I think it was one of those Dan grand moments where out the window he saw something shiny In my he second my second favorite moment of that is when you called him Phil <laughs> Jesus no, I, oh, fucking made me laugh Phil's back <laughs> Phil made me laugh and laugh and isn't that why we're here to laugh and be merry Hey, hockey fans, grab your friends and take a trip down the block to Kelsey's to watch the game. Enjoy a 16-ounce Molson Canadian for only $6.50 in a draft. Uh, plus, enter for your chance to win original six hockey tickets. All you got to do is visit the Roadhouse to watch a game, get a ticket, enter to win. This contest is on for a limited time only, so head over. Game night shouldn't be tame night. Grab your buds and visit Kelsey's today, the original Roadhouse. Uh, and did you know, I think I mentioned this the other day, that uh, Kelsey's has been winging it. And they got great wings. We had them when we were there. Like, like really, uh, the kind of wings you want when you go to a place that are juicy, big, like a meal. Try their legendary chicken wings for half price tonight. Sauced and styled how you like them. And wash them down with a $6 Coors. What are you waiting for? Grab your buds and head to Kelsey's this wing night tonight and celebrate the start of the weekend the right way. This offer valid with the purchase of a beverage must be legal drinking age. Please drink responsibly and visit kelseys.ca for more details. See, I don't... You know, it's hard because... Because I see a lot of... I'm, again, I'm in a lot more restaurants and I see the the makeup of these people that are in restaurants, you know, we sometimes think, Oh, there's just a bunch of kids, you know, part-time jobs while they're going to school, blah, blah, blah. But there's a lot of people, you know, who are trying to make a living waiting on Mm -hmm. tables in restaurants and somewhere along the way, the amount of money they're making and, the amount of money the restaurants are losing and somehow our responsibility to help 
subsidize their living wage. All kind of this is why it's so frustrating for people. And and I, I I do like to tip when somebody's been really really good. Like the service we had, the, the irony, the best service I've had was at this restaurant for Charlie's birthday. This woman, because it's one of those rest menus where you got to do a lot of choosing and everyone has to choose a dish, and it was a lot of work for her. And the irony is that that was the restaurant where the tip was included, and I would have given her more because she worked her ass off and she was great at her job. Right, but even that's interesting because that's what she's supposed to do, you know, in the service industry. And I know there's different levels of service, and I guess your tip tip can reflect that. But generally speaking, in a situation like that, going out for dinner is supposed to be a pleasant experience. And quite often, your server can put you off a bit, you know? And so, but, you know, in those situations, and me included, if I'm if I don't like my server, I, she still gets fifteen percent. You know right. what I mean? I don't ever punish the person. No, I understand. I just think. Uh, but you said something interesting, Is it, <laughs> and, I, and I and I understand it um, uh, at an intellectual level. It is supposed to be their jobs, and I've often wondered. You know, there's a nice lady I see at my Sobeys. She's doing mm-hmm. her job, and mm-hmm. she's helping me with my groceries. And if I have any questions. There's no impetus to tip her. We, we interact with people every day that are doing their right. jobs. But the restaurant industry, as I, as that's why I started off by explaining, you know, restaurants, prices, you know, minimum wage, etc. There's a lot of stuff going on there. Yeah, you know, there are exceptions, of course. But generally, again, using the word generally. Generally. You know, it's not a very high margin industry to be in. You know, it's... Uh, you know, a lot of people that just, you know, ride the line and make some money. And um, so maybe the concept, you know, the, the, the actual concept of the radio uh, of the restaurant, we're 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 losing our grip on it for all those things I said before, because for survival, because of rent and heating and lighting and everything. The menu prices have to go up and then the tipping prices go up. And then it gets to the point where the average person, which can make or break a restaurant, just can't do it anymore or not as often as not as often. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, because, Mm -hmm. you know, the I looked around this restaurant that Charlie had chosen for her birthday and Mm -hmm. I was struck by two things because it's a small ish restaurant. There might have been 30, 40 people in there and that's capacity in some place on college. I was struck by two things. The age of the people were in their late 20s, 30s, early 40s. I was definitely, Randy and I were the oldest people in that place. And I thought, well, you know, I can afford it. Uh, Charlie certainly can. And I thought, there's a lot of people in this restaurant. Because it was a, I don't want to say $100. It would probably be $60 a person Mm -hmm. Mm experience-ish. And I thought, where are these kids getting this money to come and spend like I was a table of four or five kids there. They're spending 300 bucks on a Tuesday. You know, there's a lot of kids with credit cards that don't pay them off every month. Yeah. Remember that. too. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, anyway, let's uh, let's get this done because we do have so many people and, and just re, re, uh, we're going to try and get through them quickly. But I want to reiterate the fact that a we get a lot of uh, emails from people and we certainly appreciate it. We don't want you to think that we don't. And I think uh, I can speak for you. We both see them. We both read them all. And we appreciate it. So if we don't get to your email, it's not because 
We don't appreciate it. Hi, guys. So let's start it off, Freddie. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, this is from uh, Brett, Brent Atkinson, Transistor Radios. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, listening to your show, I heard Fred question whether or not anyone actually listens to Transistor Radios anymore. Although a lot of my listening takes place uh, through my wireless Bluetooth speaker, I will often listen to terrestrial radio using my handheld Sony. That's sweet. Mm-hmm. He says, during COVID, my best friend and my brother-in-law would meet up for campfires at the end of the country road. Uh, that road provided a soundtrack to some wonderful times. To recapture these moments, I continued to listen to an amazing blues show Friday nights on the CBC, uh, the French music station. I agree that terrestrial radio could be a hit and miss, but there is quality programming that you can pull from the airwaves. Uh, no doubt about it. I mean, that quality is also available through your smart speaker because any radio station is available through your smart speaker. But uh, for fun, I also travel with my transistor radio just to see what I can pick up. Now, that's a neat thing to do. I do that up north sometimes. Mm -hmm. Just lay there and spin the dial and see where you get channels from. I remember an isolated beach in Cuba hearing uh, Black Sabbath from a station in Florida. All the best. Thank you, Brent Atkinson. Any resting heart rate? Any bowel movements or no? Uh, not there, Howie. Oh, not my there. God. Not there. Uh, well, thanks, Brent. I was uh, driving on the 307 here, which is the main highway between whatever, Cancun and everything. And I just had uh, this truck I'm driving and was trying to spin the AM dial and I couldn't get anything. And I was a bit disappointed because I was just like, I was just like you said, I was sort of interested to see what the AM radio would have to offer here. And sadly, there was nada. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, this is from Hi our guys. friend Jennifer Kelly. The subject. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. And hola to Howard. What an interesting week, she says. First of all, nice to have you back. Secondly, you're absolutely right, Howard. Your brother David is a super bright man. Extremely interesting. I really enjoyed listening to him. Uh, she said, I've been thinking about sending you guys a link to this episode on the Daily, which is the New York Times podcast. I have heard it, but your brother covered off most of that subject quite well. It's just all such a sad mess and sad. It's all such a mess and sad. I definitely feel for you, Howard. Anti-Semitism is awful. A very good friend of mine is very high up at Aroma Cafe. That's the cafe in Toronto, Freddie, that was being boycotted. Mm-hmm. Not Jewish, however, still affected by everything that is going on. It's so disturbing. Did you know that all of their food comes from or is shipped from Israel, including their soup, which is amazing. Mm. She was on to say, uh, read Jeff Lumby. I didn't say anything the last time he was on, but I'm going to say it this time. He just seems cranky, negative and aggressive. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's funny. (laughs) She says, I get it. There's a lot going on over there, but they're all champagne problems, buddy. Put it into perspective. Uh, What he said yesterday, (laughs) they feel trapped. (laughs) <laughs> no, I know. Hey, but nothing listen, to laugh at. But it's like, wow, <laughs> nothing, nothing to laugh at. Although I'm laughing. But uh, she goes on to say, if my email fee seems choppy, choppy is because I try to say so much in the least amount of words. Apology for the long emails. Looking forward to the Christmas bash. Yes, I love HB, HP Bold too, Freddie. Mm-hmm. And Sriracha Hellman's Mayo is the best. Uh, have a blessed day every goddamn day. My heart is resting well. Thanks so much, Jen. And thank you so much, Jen. 
Hi guys. Hi guys. Hi guys. Hi guys. Subject matter here: the woke generation from Brandy Wood. Uh, he writes, "Hi guys. Hi guys." Oh, another uh, Lumbee reference. He says, I was listening to Jeff Lumbee and his concern with the woke movement. The wokes are vehemently anti-Trump, so America needs them from that perspective. But by saying and complaining about matters such as pronouns and the Simpsons, they are bolstering the maggots that can say, see what the crazy libtards are doing. I'm following what he was saying. Yeah, I get it. It's, It's sort of, you know, contradictory. I get it. I think wokeism is a backlash to cultural norms as much as the uh, maggots are to a progressive society. Randy Wood, uh, heart rate 72, bowel movements better than normal. Good for you. Exactly. Randy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why when David was on, I had was curious, speaking to him last year, that he wouldn't be for the woke movement. But now, as it's manifested itself over the last month, now I really get it. Like Mm -hmm. there's you it's and I think you've put it uh, pretty well this week when you talk about, you know, people chasing their tail. It's like Mm -hmm. you -hmm. start off wanting to do well and then you get to this other end of that circle or the tail Mm -hmm. and you Mm -hmm. end up not being able to have sympathy for Jews who are waiting for hundreds of their fellow countrymen to come back Mm -hmm. from being held hostage you can't even say that Hamas is terrorist without saying, oh, my, is that okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that's the woke movement gone, you know, awry. Well, you turn into a, you know, without even unwittingly, you turn yourself into a hypocrite. It's like, well, wait a minute. I thought you were for that. But now you're arguing against yeah. that because you're defending this person. And by defending that person, it goes against what you said over here. It's, it's all too much. Some Jewish kids at Concordia. We're putting a display together of a bunch of Israelis who have been taken, kidnapped, who've been kidnapped. And an an anti-Israeli, a bunch of pro-Palestinian kids started screaming and everyone's screaming at each other. But at one point, there's a young woman who is losing her mind, yelling at the person at the Israeli display, and she calls them a kike. Mm -hmm. Well, to Jewish people, that's the N word. Yeah. And you know that if they had been calling them the N-word, that kid would be expelled. So there's that circle of wokeism gone amok because that kid who called a Jewish girl, and there was a girl too, if, if that kid, if you called that kid anything, you misgendered her or you made a comment about trans or something that was anti-gay, she'd, she'd lose her mind. But, but, she'd but, lose her mind. You're but, right. But to sit there um, trying to raise awareness for people that are still being held hostage. Hmm. Again, when I say things like I can't understand it, those are the things I can't understand. Now, you're a Jewish guy, so you can use the word that K word. Am I allowed to use it? Or yeah, go ahead. The K word. Yeah, I, I, no, I I'm not so. going to. But I would just ask Jewish slash Israeli rap. Do they use the K word a lot? <laughs> you know, I'm pretty my my, my uh, understanding of, you know, Jew rap. is pretty nice. <laughs> I don't know a lot of it. Hi, guys. Yeah, just say they just drop in the K word. Dropping down the K's. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and McKike brothers. Um, this is from. Uh, I'm going to save that one because it's fun. We're going to end on a fun note. Oh, here's one. Oh, no. Is that yours? Oh, yeah. That's yours. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Okay. This, well, okay. Well, I'm continuing on with this theme for another second or two because that's the other thing I want everyone to know. 
like there's so many emails from you now on that subject that I tried to be balanced this week, not to put too many in. Uh, this is from uh, Brian Martin. Uh, the subject line, I think, is Hamas. No, Gaza. All right. Hi, guys, he said. Hi. Actually, he says, hola, senors. Hi, guys. Sorry for the late reply to the atrocities in Israel and the Gaza Strip. Goes on to say, I'm a, I'm a recovering Catholic in Buffalo. I believe in morals. I do my best to treat others kindly. I had full Lebanese and full Polish grandparents. Great mother, great grandmother was directly from Lebanon, but I'm not too old at 55 to remember my grandfather telling me Jewish people took the land from our people. I don't know any Jewish people. I've met Palestinians, though, who hate Jewish people. I didn't feel that way. I consider myself removed from the conflict. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but it's not something I feel like I have an opinion on. I have enough going on in my life with three children and an upcoming divorce. I do lament the loss of life in Israel and Gaza, as, as do I, as do we all. Mm-hmm. Like you said today, though, you can watch Stephen Colbert, although he might be a deep Catholic. You can be a lifelong friend of Dan Duran, even though he has his beliefs. Mm-hmm. There's so much hate, says Brian. I only hope there can be some kindness and love in the future. And isn't that well said? Brian Martin, resting heart rate, 78. Poop like crazy, solid, watery, so many problems. Uh. <laughs> That's great. It is great. You know, you know why we're so lucky in, in Canada where we live? And I know crime is up or whatever. You know, there's people may argue that's not even true. But on any given day, you can shut off the radio, not read a newspaper, and your life is basically bliss. You know, you're not really affected by anything. But these countries, you know, these countries where, you know, like Gaza, Israel, like you've talked about in Israel, you know, they have the dome that protects the, the them from missiles, but still debris falls every day and hurts innocent people. You mean, in Canada, we just don't have to deal with anything like that. I can take a week. I can go up to a cottage for a couple of weeks and just shut off every radio and every TV. And my world, my Canada is just this blissful, quiet wonderful place and so many places around the world aren't you can't escape it sad yeah i i agree obviously and uh you know we're, you know even where i am I, I mean i can once the show is over i'm gonna go for a walk on the beach and not worry about bombs debris mm-hmm. you know that's the thing i but i did point out that there seems to be this lack of information about the fact that the the people of the hamas military is bombing israel every day but you know what i love about that email yeah. What I most love about the email is that it was so heartfelt and, and bang on. And there's a guy with Palestinian and Lebanese uh, roots, but can see both sides, much like myself. But my favorite part of that email is that a true humble and Fred uh, listener ends with how they're pooping. <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. and it just goes to show you all those years ago, the little general oh, was wrong. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, Dick joke alert. Dick joke alert. Uh, The subject matter here, Ontario man might break world record for longest zucchini. And this comes from Glennie Jones, who pops in from time to time. He says, hi, guys. Hi, guys. He said, still listening to Tuesday's show. So maybe you have covered this, but thought maybe you haven't seen the story yet. As soon as I heard it, I thought it would be. Uh, about Dan Duran, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and of course, the subject matter was world record for longest zucchini. Uh, so, yes, uh, reference to Dan, 
through the news. Wonderful. Wonderful. I, I don't know how we missed that one, Howard. No, I know. I know. We, uh, we do. Listen, we try. <laughs> we we certainly right. try and do uh, keep on top of all the Dandoran dick jokes that we can. Glenn Jones, thank you, sir. No, uh, uh, no uh, detail here. No detail about heart rates or poop? No. Uh, that's no. all right. We can just assume that everything is fine. Hi, guys. Uh, this one is uh, from Kevin Hi, K. In Bowmanville. The subject, the Trans-Canada Highwayman. He says, hi, guys. Hi, guys. <clears throat> he says, I don't know if you're aware or not, but a few guys you know have a band together and are playing the horseshoe in December. Did you hear about this, Frederick? Yes. Stephen Page, Mo Berg, Cray mm-hmm. Northy of The Odds, and Chris Murphy of Sloan have put out an album of Canadian AM radio classics and sound great. Sold out show, says Kevin, that I'm going to. Good for you. Can't wait. Kevin's uh, resting heart rate, 75. Bowel movements, one word, Freddie. Outstanding. Oh, lucky him. It's a big part of your life, you know. <sighs> Absolutely. Do you want me to see if uh, I can find any uh, Trans-Canada Highwayman music? Yeah. Trans-Canada Highwayman. There they are. And they're doing AM radio classics. Oh, this is cool. Well, this is one that I would, uh, I think everyone would remember. Cool, it's uh, April Wine. And you know she mm-hmm. can feel it. Oh, yeah. She doesn't even have to try. Go Let's just uh, wait till the chorus with these boys. Oh, yeah. No, and that's the reason why. She said tonight is a wonderful time to fall. go uh yeah i'd heard of the project i uh didn't actually know it was a uh an album of canadian ra- am radio classics that's very cool they do the guess who's undone they do uh, a couple others uh which way you going billy and uh oh, i remember that song do you really? Which way you going, Billy? Can I come mm-hmm. to? That's right. You don't remember that? I do. Of course I do. I played it. Yeah. Billy, can I go to? Which way you going? Yeah, this is 1977 Moose Jaw mm-hmm. for me. Can I go with you? And then, of course, the uh, Guess Who classic. Stephen Page. She didn't know what she was headed for. And when I found what she was headed for, it was too late. She's come undone. One of my favorite Guess Who songs. Oh, yeah. How is that for a voice, Burton Cummings? I mean, it's tough to sing Guess Who songs. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, well, anyways, thanks, Kevin, for uh, giving uh, that uh, that little musical uh, break here during our email program. Freddie, let's continue with this music. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. This uh, subject, Fred, stretch and strengthen from Richard Mullis. He says, hi, guys. Uh, part hi, of my guys. career in recreation included managing... Oh, I'm sorry. I I went too quickly. It's fine. Hi, guys. It I did it. I did it. It's fine. All right. Part of my career in recreation included managing a senior center. Glad to hear Fred is embracing his own local center. It won't be long before he is winning over vintage hearts and minds there. Oh, isn't that nice? I'm sure he'll, <laughs> I'm sure he'll be asked to run for the board and eventually become president of the Seniors Club. Is this in his sights? President Fred Patterson has a nice ring to it. No, it's not in my sight. I would never consider it. <laughs> That's right. Are you kidding me? Yeah. He doesn't really I know saw- you very well. <laughs> no. He says, heart rate's still ticking great. Uh, bowel movement's still destroying my bathroom twice a day. Wow. Love you guys. Cheers, Rich. Well, thank you very much, Rich. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, but uh, Freddie's not going to be... In charge no, no, of no. that, that's not going to happen. Any talk of that, and I'd be gone for good. Although you probably will win over the hearts and minds of the people at the senior center. Oh, you'll be organizing <laughs> a bake sale soon enough, Friedrich. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is. Uh, have you done all five years? I think you're done, right? No, I have one more. Don't you really? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I, that makes sense because I've got two more. Uh, this one is Hi, from guys. Hi, guys. Mike Sidich. And he says, hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Fun fact, the trampoline. Oh, I'm sorry. I should give you the, I I apologize, Mike. I screwed this up. The subject line is dad jokes Mm because we've been doing some dad jokes. I've been presenting Mm -hmm. them to you on this program. Subject line, dad joke. Hi, guys. Fun fact, the trampoline used to be called a jumpoline until your mom got on it. (laughs) Because he's a tramp. In case, you, in case you didn't get that. Uh, resting heart rate is 68. BMs, smooth. However, don't remember eating corn recently. Interesting. <laughs> so what is that? <laughs> no. Kind oh, regards. I'd Mike. see a doctor. Yes, have a look. Oh, if I had if I had yellow flecks in my poop and I hadn't been eating corn, I'd be concerned. Uh, absolutely. I, I was actually mm. thinking more literally, though. Like, I was thinking, like, what if it, it just showed up? Like, corn just happened to be there. Like, how long has it been living in you? Oh, that, too. Maybe from a corn roast earlier in the summer. Mm. I think either way, see a doctor. Hi yes. Guys. All right. Uh, Frederick, will you continue, please? Uh, subject, hi, guys. But hold on. It's from Brad Cholette. He yes. says, hi, guys. Hi, guys. And this is uh, good information because people ask from time to time. He says, uh, not sure if I missed an update, but I was wondering what happened to the monthly segments with Noel Kasler. The relationship you guys developed was great, and the conversations were really entertaining. And they were informative. They were funny. Uh, could you give a shout out to my golf nerd buddy uh, from Shadok, Hundy P, and super fan of the show, Glenn Ehrlich? I guess. Hi, Glenn. Hi, Glenn Ehrlich, uh, super fan. And uh, he says, resting heart rate 60, bowel movements regular, and never taken for granted. That's important. And he says, penis girth <laughs> and length, satisfactory. So we're adding a statistic. 
uh, to, the, to the list. <laughs> uh, he says, be well, uh, Brad uh, Shalette. Um, yes, that's yeah, the Noel Kassler, it keeps coming up and we're trying and we don't know what the deal is there, actually. Well, once again, we can ask uh, Mike Boone, Toronto Mike, will be with us before this program is over and we take a, another Humble and Fred weekend. Uh, I don't know. There's a bunch of stuff here. I, 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 here's the thing. I didn't want to uh, put in another Israel Hamas. I think we're, we're done here for Why? that. Why? Well, you're saying that because you think you're more central to the issue, which could be true, but it's also a world happening. What's wrong with talking about it? The listeners are contributing. Is it an interesting point? Will yes. It enhance the show? That's all that matters. Well, I, now you've put pressure on me reading this, but I think here's the Hi thing. Guys. It came from somebody that listens to our program. And um, I could have sent this to you, but I'll read it. It's from Jeff Kilborn. Of course, he says, hi, guys. I felt too like I says I too felt like many listeners and simply did not know what to say in the wake of the attack on Israel. For that, I'm sorry. Now, I must say something, though. Read this article. And it's an article I read in the National Post. And it's about uh, I'll just summarize it. It's, It's pretty interesting because it summarizes in the headline why it feels safer to move my family to Israel than to stay in Canada. Imagine Hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Uh, The article goes on to say to this gentleman how came to Canada, but now feels like maybe the safest place for Jewish people might actually not be here. Jeff goes on to say, this validates everything Humble has been saying about rampant anti-Semitism in Canada and elsewhere. This truly speaks volumes. Canadians are looking to move from Canada to Israel, a country currently at war because they would feel safer there. This is a sad state. This is a sad state of affairs. This is not the Canada I know, and I feel for humble and all the Jewish people at this time. Right on. Yeah, I mean that's a great email. Uh, I mean it's lacking a few basic details like bowel movements, but it does summarize the situation pretty well. Another National Post article that was sent to us this week, I believe. Um, I don't know if you saw it was uh, again in the national post and uh the headline is canada's multicultural utopia now a balkanized grievance factory yeah i saw that great article great article and again you know it's what i've talked about this week we talked about as far as the pushback i mean you know through wokeism at some point you got to push back a bit when it doesn't make sense anymore and this article i liked because we've talked about it on the show as well don't bring your fucking religious and political problems to this country. Please. Thank you. Leave it at the fucking door. Well, I liked the article, too, because it, it referenced that uh, all this, the, the vote in the vote in B.C. And again, I'm going to get the, mm-hmm. I'm going to get most of this wrong. But it was an, an, a, a group of Indians yeah. who are concerned about an election back home that has yeah. nothing to do with living in the Nanaimo province. Another one was. The character that might have been assassinated here, mm-hmm. again, from India, and not our problem. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and of course, the protests across Canada, the anti-Israeli, right. anti-Jew con- uh, protests, that's not the Canada we want. No, exactly. And even this article even gets into, um, you know, the weaponization of the word racist. You know, not used against people when it's not even valid, but just shut them up. 
and, and, and that, you know, that's a growing problem, too. At some point, you got to go, wait a minute, that's not fair, rather than just shutting up and walking away because you're afraid of what you might be labeled or, or, or accused of or whatever. It's like enough. As I said, we got a great thing going here. Like, we don't need, you know, a lot of people left. Now I'm sounding like Don Cherry. But a lot of people left countries because of problems that we don't have. Enjoy that. Yeah. Don't bring them here. <laughs> well, and the thing is, though, somebody listening might say, yeah, but free, you know, there's, you know, the, this, uh, Canada is Canada because of a, our ability to allow uh, different points of view. And that's all great. And that's and even someone who is now in the group that's being the most attacked. There's no fucking mm-hmm. even, we're, we're putting up Hall mm-hmm. of Fame numbers now in anti-Semitism. Right. But I'm OK with anti-Israeli, pro-Palestinian um, protests. What I'm not okay is with people mm-hmm. boycotting restaurants because they're Jewish. And I'm not oh, okay yeah. with that, yeah. that kind of rampant, rabid anti-Semitism that any time mm-hmm. an Israeli organization like at Concordia and, and others say, hey, what about us? How come, how come it's not okay for us to have this time of, uh, to voice our concerns? So that's the problem is it seems to be that wokeism has given uh, what, what is the rise of wokeism has given more credence to certain to certain groups because the other group, the Israelis, are seen as white. And that yep. also sucks. Mm-hmm. OK, uh, that's it. We do have one more. Uh, it's not even Hi an email. Well, it was an email, Hi but it guys. wasn't. Uh, Hi guys. I didn't pick it out as an email, but it was such a good guy. Keith Weiland. And uh, he says, hi, guys. Hi. He's uh, given us a musical suggestion. I thought we would end the emails this week while we're uh, talking about some of our sponsors. Of course, in a second, I'll talk about Palma Pasta. This is a suggestion from Keith, who's been giving us musical ideas for a long time. The song is Tangerine. The artist is Tommy Newport. Have a listen to this. While we do, let's listen to Fred talking about these fine folks. Uh, the retirement chirp of Tim Niblett, a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, Tim was on the show yesterday talking about life insurance and how it, it uh, plays a part, you know, in your, um, in your retirement plans. Uh, yeah, it, it can be significant, and a lot of people overlook it. And the point he made, we're all we're all so ready to pay all sorts of insurances, like house insurance and car insurance, and not bad an eye. But when it comes to life insurance and what it costs, we tend to overlook it. Well, it's time not to do that. So if you're building your wealth and you have an investment portfolio and life insurance is not part of it, talk to your guy. Hopefully it's Tim Niblett. And that will all be explained to you. Retirement Sherpa, retirementsherpa.ca. And the emails, uh, as always, brought to you by Palma Pasta. And you can, uh, everyone who uh, not just gets read, everyone who enters or sends us an email is a better way to put it. You are entered for a $100 Palma Pasta gift card. We'll be giving away another one of those in a couple of weeks. Palma Pasta, of course. Nothing but the finest ingredients sourced from Italy. Italian cheeses, flowers, and Italian tomatoes with four locations, one in Oakville, three in Mississauga, and their signature store. We always talk about going to shop at Palmas Kitchen, and it really is an experience. 
you know, very bespoke items. If you're looking for real Italian food, not only to take out, but to make yourself with their ingredients, you can do it. Find out more at palmapasta.com. Catering service as well for corporate. you got a Christmas party coming up. It's a great place to uh, get it uh, catered. Large or small, Palma Pasta delivers in the GTA. Go to palmapasta.com. Not sure uh, how you feel about that. I like that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tommy, Is it, did it knock me over? No. I can see that you're still uh, sitting upright. I like a song to knock me over. <laughs> oh, you're funny. You're a funny fellow. It didn't knock me over. I'm still sitting here, buggers. <laughs> that song did that knock you over? I mean, that's okay. I like the fact. Here's what here's what did knock me over: the fact that Keith Weiland and so many others, Mike McCulph and Jennifer and mm-hmm. Jennifer Kelly and you know Martin Lye and Mike Sedich and Randy mm-hmm. Wood and yes, all these fine people seem to be uh, interested enough in our program to weigh in from time to time with uh, their opinions on it and that's uh, that's pretty good that does knock mm-hmm. me over no yeah good point yes dan duran appreciate it dan duran's yep. here mm-hmm. i'm here <laughs> do you uh do you think you could pay attention during your own news <laughs> i'll try you know there's a lot of stuff going on you know i know where i am in my brain and you know researching things keeping up to you know when when the news is out there you gotta you gotta you know look it up you got a nose for it you've got a nose for it <laughs> constantly constantly even when we're doing other things he's constantly in research mode that's absolutely true that is very good well are you ready are you ready to uh, launch another <clears throat> episode of dan duran's news very ready all right, everyone. Mm-hmm. Here we Let's go. Here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential mm-hmm. anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as for credentials. He has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man's here. He's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And now, Dandaran News brought to you by EVNet. That's right, EVNet.ca. Call 1-800-387-9391, rentelectric.ca. And you can rent a, uh, an electric car for a day, for an hour, for a weekend. Uh, check it out yourself at rentelectric.ca, 1-800-387-9391. And now, with the news, here he is, live from some rando stranger's house that will not give him any beautiful carbonara. It's Stan Duran. <laughs> okay. Uh, and thank you, evie.net uh, uh, or .ca. Is it evie.net.ca? That's a sponsor sure. for this uh, part right. of the program. Re- rentelectric.ca. Rentelectric.ca. Thank you for sponsoring this part of the program. Hey, if you're a fan of the Late Show with David Letterman, the Late Show with David Letterman marquee is being 
given away, well auctioned away, or I guess uh, it's it's a lottery kind of deal. It's coming up. The familiar blue and yellow sign that hung outside the Ed Sullivan Theater at Broadway and 53rd Street for the entire run of the Letterman Show from 1993 to 2013. It is being... Uh, you basically you buy a raffle ticket for ten dollars, and the benefit uh, goes to Habitat for Humanity. It's giveawaydave.com is where you can go. The donation is ten dollars, and anyone can enter the sweepstakes. I haven't checked with the, the you know if it's a American. How, uh, only how, that's a huge sign. Well, I wonder what you would do with that. Well, that's a good point, and I, I investigated further, and uh, it's not the facing the street side. It's the sidewalk side, which is still a huge sign. It's got the CBS logo on top. Late Show with David Letterman is the, uh, the yellow letters on blue, and then a line on the bottom says featuring Paul Schaefer with the CBS orchestra. Would that not be a Smithsonian um, material? Or, or because he... You know, Johnny or whatever, you know, were the pioneers. Maybe not, but, you know, Archie Bunker's chair is in the Smithsonian. I could see something like that. Yeah, maybe maybe. something like that. I'm curious. My my question was going to be, how how does Dave own that? Wouldn't that be owned by CBS? Or is it CBS that's doing the auction? I don't know. Maybe it was part of the, uh, you know, part of his deal going away. But it, but it's been in storage for quite a long time. I well, I could, they probably went and said, hey, Dave, we have the sign. We want to move it. Any ideas? Do you want it? Maybe uh, it probably came from that. Anyway, maybe you want the sign, Howard. I know that you have been a well, I'd love, big I'd, supporter of the Letterman. Love experience. Letterman and would love the sign, but the, the dimensions would be too big for my you know modest home. I mean, Fred's got the estate. Fred could put that out there in front so that all would know that. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. you could always crane it in, you know. Yes. Crane it mm. in. It's probably, I don't know, it's probably, it's probably, what is this, the width of a sidewalk, like eight Dan, feet wide or something? If, yeah. if, we, if we couldn't get a crane, can we use your hammer? <laughs> yeah. Could right. you, Ben, use could your you zucchini? Could we use your zucchini and whack it? Could you yeah. help us with right. that? Hey, speaking of cranes, I've got a crane question for you guys, for your real men. Hmm. There's about four different developments uh, near me on the Queensway. And I was walking by one the other day, and, and it was fascinating, really. The, the, uh, the crane was on a structure that had been obviously some, somehow affixed into the ground. And then the guy's at the top, and these big arms are swinging. There's lots of weight on it. And I'm sure, Dan, you have a sense of how is that done? Do they use other cranes to put that crane together? And then what happens to the crane when it's done? And uh, I know there's a a way for the guy to to climb up the crane. But that's a lot of weight that gets elevated way into the sky. Mm. I believe you are right. There are other cranes that take. I know there's other cranes that take cranes down because I've I've witnessed Mm. that happening and it's amazing those cranes how how big they can be because you know in a 20 story building it's quite the crane but I I actually those cranes that you're talking about I actually pulled over side of the road and watched them put it together and it's section by section they do have big cranes that that uh, put it up there and also like like they've got a crane on a truck that's helping uh, secure it. Right, and they shut down the roadway, or you know, it has to be. It's a pretty wide, you know, uh, crane 
the crane itself that puts the crane up yeah. also has to be assembled. So there's a separate truck that brings in sections of that train, a crane, and then they add that so that Jesus. it has the height to yeah. to put it up. And you there's know, big outriggers and stuff to stabilize that. I'm sorry, that Fred. Crane Fred wants to interrupt. What's what's the, what's the okay. problem? Now? You know, a lot of those cranes you see on the you know the skyline of Toronto, they move up with the building. You know what I mean? They sure. actually they're not even that high, but as the building goes up, they go up, right? But Dan's explaining it like so. As so, it's they don't they didn't build it all at once. I get that, but mm-hmm. it's still like I was watching it for quite a while. And just how secure. No, I know the crane you're talking about; those sort of long freestanding ones. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah. and you no, know, well, that question has never been answered. What comes first, the chicken or the crane? Right? How does a crane <laughs> put a crane? <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, That's, I don't know. Is that Dan? What happened? What came first, the chicken or your crane? <laughs> um, but it is true because when you you think, okay, if you need a big crane. To put that big crane up, what happens to the big crane that put the big crane up? Well, the big crane that put the big crane up is probably a big crane on a truck on a mobile crane. I guess. But I was saying, I watched this thing the other day, and, you know, the guy was way up in the sky operating the crane. I started to think, okay, when he wants to take a shit, he has to come all the way down. And he's up there, and how secure is that? I mean, it's got to be incredibly secure to hold not just the crane itself and the guy the little crane hut where the guy's Mm -hmm. operating it but how much weight is being swung around Mm. yeah this is why now you can tell who only has grade 12 (laughs) it's all physics and uh yeah it's all anyway i found it fascinating i found it dynamic those guys are skilled though because they've got to know how not to kill themselves and you know people and others uh Highly and paid. others on windy days. I'm sure there's a, a threshold where they can't yeah. run the crane at, at some sure. point, and they they uh, uh, it's there's a term for it, weather vaning or something. So they just let it. Mm-hmm. it uh, what well, about the term that? is the crane operator says I ain't fucking going up. There. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I, I thought you were going to say something about what about your weather vane? Because we're on a roll. <laughs> um, yeah, it's you know those little compartments too. How they've evolved, like they're heated, got a nice little uh, sound system in them, and all the sort of uh, you know almost like a luxury. Car. Oh yeah, it's fantastic because they're up there for like eight hours or whatever. But don't they get to come down if they have to take a whiz? I guess, I guess, or you know maybe there's a porta potty. I don't know. Anyway, there's lots of them around my house, and I I, I just found it. Um, two things again: you get the guys up there operating, as you said, he's up there. He's pretty highly skilled. See, there's another job where they, at the end of the day, does that guy come down from the crane operating high, you know, high tech machinery and it's very dangerous? Does anyone tip him? Anyway, no, but he's probably making a hundred bucks an hour. I think we should get Mike Boone to get a crane operator on the show. Find a good crane operator and let's get him on yeah, the show. I'll and tell you about he, how to do the craning. He's making a hundred dollars an hour minimum. 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 <laughs> okay. Uh, Dan Duran, thank you for that story. And now, speaking of Mike Boone, he is betterly, betterly known. He's better known as Toronto Mike, to one and all. And he is the producer of this program. And another Humble and Fred week is about to wrap up. Friend of the show, Jay Brody, before he got a, a radio gig at Sirius XM, he was the guy who would collect the bottles of piss at construction sites. Like, that was his oh. job. So those guys don't come down to take a piss. They piss in a bottle. No. And I don't know if they throw it down or whatever, but Jay Brody had to collect all the bottles of piss. Piss bottle. 
What about poo poo? Is that put in a basket or something? <laughs> Got to hold that. I think no. there's a no pooing policy. That's putting one of those little food savers. You just <laughs> you put those in. Uh, what do you guys call it? Yeah, food, well, you know, food savers. Tupperware. Uh, Tupperware. Tupper, thank you. It's a pooper wear. Yeah, the crane. The crane operator just lifts, lifts the lid in a seat. You, you know, and then there's another uh, toilet seat there. He just uh, craps it out. Why wouldn't you do that? Bombs away. Bombs away. Certainly someone listening, and we get so much feedback on the show, certainly someone listening knows a crane operator who can tell us what happens to their poop. And how much they make, and how how long does that take to learn how to do that? And what's it like up there? You know, because you said, Dan, there's days where it gets windy, but there's probably days where it's on the edge and you're still up there working. And then there's got to be, uh, you can't be listening to music because you're probably in constant contact with somebody on the ground who's, there's a lot of coordination that goes into it. Like there's, like I say, there's three or four projects near me. I, and do you race down when there's a thunderstorm coming up? Or do you exactly. Just, uh, ride it out or what do you do? Hey, that's big boy work. Okay. It's big boy work. We can't relate. Yeah. Well, okay. Does that mean we can't talk about it? No, I'm just saying it's big boy work. I thought thought that was big boy work. We can talk for the next three hours and not even gain a smidgen of appreciation. Oh no, I I misunderstood. There's a lot of. (laughs) I know. I just misunderstood. I thought the tone of your voice was that's big boy work. Now let's shut that shit down. (laughs) Let's before we we sound stupid. Yeah, we. That's when when it comes to our show, we will always cover how they shit and piss angle. <laughs> right, yeah. Because that's where we step in with our expertise, Dan. There's so many uh, big boy, uh, big board jobs that we should we could you know, have a feature. I mean, you know, there's yes. uh, there's yes, oil rigs yeah. and there's uh, drilling prat platforms and uh, mm-hmm. you know people with real jobs that. Uh, oh yeah! Right now you're overwhelming skills. us with your big boy voice, so I need uh, a reduction of three point five percent. All right, I can barely hear Fred when you're talking. Uh, Toronto Mike, uh, where do we find you? Yeah, you're in your studio, the Toronto Mike Studios. Uh, everyone yeah. knows that's cool. Just uh, south of you. I also will be at that uh, Trans Canada Highwaymen show at the uh, Horseshoe Tavern because the nice thing about those shows is you get the best of, like, you get Sloan, The Pursuit of Happiness, The Odds, and Bare Naked Ladies because mm. the four guys play songs from their bands. Oh, cool. That is cool. Yeah. Uh, oh, to be a young man again and have the energy to actually go to something like that. Huh. That crowd, you'll see. That crowd will be mainly in their fifties. Like it's a that's a, that's a forties, fifties, sixties crowd. Yeah. Oh, for that's sure. That's me almost twenty years ago. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, well, right. hey, speaking of Stephen Page, though, we like all week long. I've been thinking, when are we going to get a date for the humble and Fred uh, Kelsey's gift of Christmas? But I don't think it's too early to reach out and say, "Hey, we've done it." Oh, you have. Okay. Well, that's yeah, why. Yeah, that's after, why you're uh, in charge. Yeah, so I've already been chatting with uh, lovely Cynthia, who works closely with Stephen. He's got the heads up; it's coming. So we just have to give them the specifics. So uh, that's great, man. Appreciate <laughs> that. Hey, is there anything you don't like about Christmas, Stephen? Yeah, I'm a Lynn Fred bugging me all the time. Mm-hmm. Jeez, um, what about Noel Kasler? All right, so it's a little—I don't know—a little delicate. Only in that uh, he was every month like clockwork, and he loved it, and we loved having him. And then mm-hmm. he asked nicely for the summer off and then like mm-hmm. i told you at some point like what negotiation power do we have here like mm-hmm. no no you know mm-hmm. you don't get the so he got the summer off and then around i don't know mid-august i started gently asking him if we should get a september date in the calendar and he said he's not ready yet mm. and then, uh i think the last date i pitched him was november I 28 i know what it is now he, he didn't reply to november 28 so basically no i know what it I is gently, do you know what it is what yeah, do you it's think money it is? he wants money now 
He's never. Oh, said you think so? Uh, yeah. I mean, what else could it be? It's not. Yeah. It's not. It's the only thing has got to be is like he's probably looking for some. He's because when we first met him a few years ago, we were probably one of the only podcasts that he he was on. Mm-hmm. And now I'm sure he's inundated all the time. Hey, Noel, come on our show, and he's probably said, "Hey, I'll, I'll do it," but I'm not going to be a regular on your show for nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't got that feeling. I feel like there's something else going on that might be more personal. Offer him like, a gift card from Palma Pasta. <laughs> That's what we'll give him. Because he's never hinted at compensation. Well, once, what else so. could it be? He did take a summer off. Fred, did you notice that he sort of uh, went? Oh, yes. Quiet? It's not like he didn't. He wasn't doing us and proceeded to do all his other things. Right. No, he um, his. Uh, his podcast episodes were cut way back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I started, so Mike's probably right, Howard. He you started know, repost- not always the money. You yeah, know. but he reposted on on Twitter. He started. He's 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 back, kind of regularly posting on social media. I know. I notice his tweets now are pretty much like I'm not really here, but you can follow me on Threads. Like that's sort of the uh, the crux hmm. now. It's okay. like I fucking hate this platform, but I am doing stuff on Threads, which okay. I wouldn't see. I'm which is Instagram, there. Twitter. So I'm working on it. I sent him a note after hearing I, I was listening to the Humble and Fred show, and I heard that uh, email read, and I reached out again to see like like if you know even January 2024. Let's start the new year off right. So after we celebrate Noel, we can celebrate Noel. Hmm. Well, I mean, it would also be nice maybe to say, hey, do you want to make another appearance at our Noel party? And maybe he'll I think it's all him about in, him. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thank you to uh, everyone that appeared on the program this week. Uh, I believe it was Jeff Lumby. And uh, who was the other guest we had? Oh, uh, Bill, Brio. Bill Brio. Next week, we, we, we I screwed up the uh, Lumby uh, booking. So next week, who are our guests? All right. So Tuesday will be Chef Michael Smith. Mm-hmm. And uh, for those who don't know, he's like a member of the Order of Canada. Like this is a big, I don't know how many chefs get that honor, but he's, he's in that exclusive club and he's a big deal in the chef community. And like you said, Fred, he's going to talk about this tipping topic that was hot today. So <laughs> hold your fire for his visit on Tuesday and Wednesday. Okay, this gentleman, Sean Menard, I know Fred knows this guy personally because his son is friends with Sean Menard. But Sean Menard directed a documentary about much music called 299 Queen Street West. And it's been kind of making, uh, you know, going around the province with like these VJs like Erica M and Michael Williams and Steve Anthony and Rick the Temp. And he's going to kind of talk about making the doc a love letter to much music and where we might be able to see it at some point. And some of the stuff like he couldn't get Tiff to do it. So he kind of rented Roy Thompson Hall himself, which I don't think any independent filmmakers really done to premiere a movie. And I was there, by the way, and it was uh, a lot of people loving the nostalgia. So, yeah, let's find out what's going on with this doc. Uh, mm-hmm. He had access to the Much Music Vault, which is a Bell Media thing. And uh, yeah, where's it going to end up going? Did he take a bath on this? Did he make money? What's going on? All right. Well, that will be very interesting, as we like to say on the program. Thank you, Toronto Mike, for all that you do. And uh, I guess that's it. I guess that will do another program. We are uh, we have episodes of uh, Aging with Energy. We're going to be doing some new ones uh, next week. But we have some that are uh, ready to be released, and they'll be released. The next one is released this week. Well, it dropped this morning, so right wow. now. You can, uh, so, in the last three weeks, if we haven't been clear, three new episodes of Aging with Energy have dropped in the <laughs> last right. three weeks. Yeah, what right. was today? 
Today, I should know this, right? Uh, okay, I, I can't remember what today was. Uh, it doesn't I, matter. It doesn't matter. But these all three are great. So just go, go get your AG with energy. And Dan Duran, you will continue to live at Bruno Gerussi's son, son's home. <laughs> Not true at all, but yes, that's uh, they'll be back here next week. Yeah. Okay, and uh, they continue to deny you the beautiful carbonara sauce. That, also uh, not true, but absolutely. That's okay. continuing. <clears throat> yeah. Washington, D.C. is today's episode. Fantastic. Oh, right. oh that's yes. a good one. Mm-hmm. Ooh, there's a Washington, D.C. story. Frederick, yeah. I wish you well. Until next week. Freddie, I wish you good luck with all that you have ahead of yes. you this mm-hmm. weekend. Uh, likewise. Oh, Can I ask a real you. quick question since I haven't mm. talked to you since you um, took the week off last week? Did anyone on this Zoom call listen to uh, Fred Ball's trilogy? I haven't got to it yet. Yeah, I'm yeah because I I've got it by one day this weekend. I'm going to do the whole thing, all ninety minutes. You you were not curious at all, like what Fred said about you guys on uh, the public. Absolutely, record. absolutely. But I I just honestly it was traveling and Julieta and uh, you know getting settled here in Mexico. It just uh, it hasn't come up. But I, here's the, the show thing. isn't for us. It's for the listeners. Come on, <laughs> it's not for us. Uh, but I have. Hey, I did talk to Fred. Fred Ball. I did speak mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. So that's encouraging. You know, I'm taking that first step. Um, all right, everyone. We have another uh, Humble and Fred uh, weekend ahead. We'll see you on Monday with all new Humble and Fred programs. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, Bodog, and Kelsey's. For contests and comments, we read all of our emails as we've done on this show. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Tell us what you think, you know, criticize us, or just say how much you think we are fantastic human beings. Something along those lines, anyway. Please tell your friends to subscribe to this podcast. We'd appreciate that, and it would really help us out. For Hubble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, if you're doing this show, don't let your mind wander. Easy to do, but don't. Be present. Everything these guys say is important, so pay attention. And enjoy every goddamn day. Where's that?